So Heather, I have a theory. When I was younger, like a teen or early 20s, I developed this theory that went like this. Typically, boys, especially teen boys, had immaculate cars and terrible, gross, disgusting rooms. But on the flip side, most of the girls that I knew on into their early 20s and everything had pristine rooms. If they had their own apartment, it was spotless, but their cars were disasters. So boys had messy rooms, clean cars. Girls, again, this is a generalization, I know, uh, had uh, clean rooms, but messy cars. I think it was more about priorities, especially at that stage of life. So Heather, let me ask you this. How clean is your car? It's very clean. I try to keep it immaculate. Mm, okay. Uh, next question. How clean is your house? Very clean. It just got cleaned yesterday. By you? No. Hello, Saddleback family. I'm Heather Kova, along with James Browning. How is your week going? Are you making it through the One Life journals with us? Share with us how it is going and definitely leave us a voicemail at 949-609-8199 and share a One Life story from your small group. We are celebrating being united with those lives and we want to hear your stories. How has your group done with the journal? Have you taken all of your mission mindset temperatures? This week, we are reading a passage from the book of Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. This passage actually occurs early on in the ministry of Jesus. Two weeks ago, we read the story of Levi's calling in Luke. Matthew tells his version of that in the beginning of chapter 9. But Jesus is also fully into his healing ministry at this point. So let's read it together as a group. And don't forget to read out loud together with your small group. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Let's go through the group method again. Group stands for gather, read, observe, understand, and prayer. As a host, you've already gathering your group. Well done. Check. You are reading the passage out loud together as a group. Check. Make sure to ask everyone to share their observations. What did they get out of the passage? What questions came up? Why do you think that Jesus asked the disciples to pray for workers rather than be the actual workers themselves? I do think the location of this passage in the book of Matthew is interesting. Jesus had just called his disciples, and in the case of Levi, later to be known as Matthew, the author of this book, they had just come out of a sinful lifestyle. And remember, it is Matthew who wrote this passage. He is telling his story here, his own story. Jesus had these young guys who he had just started mentoring and discipling. They didn't know what it meant to be a Christian or even really who Jesus was. All they knew was that they saw him going around healing people. And that was a big thing. This passage said that they went to all the local towns and villages and all of these helpless people started following him with the very hopes of being healed. And the only thing holding Jesus back, the only thing holding him back was time and bandwidth. And it was absolutely breaking his heart because he cared about them. 
The Bible says Jesus was deeply compassionate towards all of these people because they were harassed and helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd, i.e. a lost sheep, for those of you who've been listening to the earlier episodes. Jesus cared about it so much that he sat down and asked the disciples to join him, to unite with him in prayer for more workers. If you're reading in your Bible, you'll notice that this is the end of chapter 9. The very next verse, verse 1 in chapter 10, Jesus gathers up his disciples, assigns them the power to heal and cast out impure spirits, and then sends them out to be the workers. This goes back to your house, Heather. Like this is one of the things we were talking about earlier. If I come home and see my house is a big old mess, my first reaction might be, oh Lord, the mess is huge, but the workers are few. Glances meaningfully at my kids over here, actively creating the mess. If I really mean that prayer, and if I really care about my house, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get up and clean it. Jesus prayed with the disciples for workers. He saw the need, he felt the compassion, and he prayed, and then he went and did something about it. Has your group been praying for each member's one life? This is where we come to the you, to understanding. How does this passage apply to you as a group? Jesus had compassion on the crowds. Initially, the disciples didn't. But because Jesus opened their eyes to the helpless crowds, and because Jesus united with them in prayer, and because they were equipped to go out, they were able to do incredible miracles. Your group has been equipped by the Holy Spirit to do incredible miracles, but you need to have compassion to see the need and to feel compelled to act. As a group, thank God for his equipping, for what he has done through one life, through us as a church. Encourage everyone to go around the circle and thank God for what they've learned in this experience and share names with each other to pray for each other's one life. And Heather and I really want to thank you for being a host. Thank you for allowing us to unite with you in sharing Jesus and sharing the hope of salvation for those in our community. It's been my honor and privilege to be with you in this, and it is my prayer that this is just the beginning of our work together. It is just the beginning of the party, and we are just getting started in sending out invitations. So again, as a group, let's celebrate how God is answering our prayers for help. We want to hear from you. We are celebrating right along with you. Every time, God changes the life of someone that you know, and we want to know about it all month long. We want you to share your One Life story with us by calling 949-609-8199 and leaving a message. We will also put that number in the show notes. But again, it is 949-609-8199. We want to feature your story on some bonus episodes of this podcast series and share it with the rest of the Saddleback family. It doesn't have to be a long or detailed story. Just call us up and leave a quick message. Think of it as RSVPing to the party. Remember, each time that one life was found, there was a party. Thanks for coming and celebrating with us.